Welcome to the Lair, Cryptid Crew. I have a question for you. What does a murdered narcissist, an accident victim, and an elderly woman all have in common? Give up? <laughs> They've all been guests at the Empress Hotel for well over a century. Named one of the most haunted hotels in the world, what is it about the Empress that encourages spirits to spend their afterlife within its walls? Is it the luxury accommodations? You wouldn't think that even the fanciest tea service and linens would keep people entertained for a hundred years or more. Myself, although, of course, not one of the mortality challenged, I'd get bored within, hmm, six months, maybe a year. Could it be the location in Bastion Square, known to be the most haunted area in Victoria, British Columbia, a city that prides itself on its paranormal activity? Or maybe there was a deal struck in the shadows before the hotel was built with dark forces that were, well, not of the human variety? Is it that souls choose to stay at the Empress? Or is it that they can't escape? Grab your salt, your iron, and whatever protective magic you've got, Crypty Crew. Today's episode is going to examine the creepy history of the Empress Hotel. And by the end, you can decide for yourself if the paranormal residents are long-term guests or eternal prisoners. Welcome to another episode of Cryptically Yours Creepy Tales. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at crypticallyyours.com to become an official member of the Cryptic Crew. Not only will you keep up to date on the latest news and happenings, but we'll be sending out a special invite to a Halloween Discord live chat. You can also look for us on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to check out the website for links and details. When exhuming the past of the Empress Hotel, the first character I dug up was Ratty. <laughs> okay, okay. His name was actually Francis Rattenbury, and he was the architect of the hotel. But since he was such a complete rodent of an individual, I think the nickname suits him far better. I realize that the term narcissist has become a bit of a buzzword in today's society, but for Ratty, it definitely seems to fit. He began his career with a giant lie, claiming he'd been mentored by one of the best architects of the era. Lucky for him, Google wasn't yet a thing, since that particular gentleman had died when Ratty was a child. Unless our dear Ratty was an exceptionally talented child with the Ouija board, that's definitely one mentorship that was dead before arrival. Despite Ratty's temper tantrums, cost overruns that in today's money were in the millions of dollars, and essentially creating a reputation for himself as the architect from hell, contracts continued to pour in. 
Even being investigated for money laundering and suspected of acquiring contracts by nefarious means didn't stop him from thriving in business. But his personal life? Well, given his stellar professional reputation, does anyone actually think that he behaved better behind closed doors? <laughs> like anyone ever does, right? Ratty was no exception. It began with an affair with a young woman. And by young, I mean a full 30 years his junior. Ratty was absolutely determined to marry his Alma and as soon as possible. In fact, he even moved her into his house, which came as kind of a rude shock to his wife and two children. When Flory, the actual Mrs. Ratty, refused to divorce him, he engaged in nothing less than psychological warfare. He and his mistress promptly moved into the bedroom below hers, where he proceeded to bang the young woman like the proverbial gavel at every given opportunity. Now, Alma was no starry-eyed innocent herself. She and Ratty were cut from a, hmm, if not the same cloth, a very similar one. Alma, a pianist, played the death march whenever poor Flory decided to show her face. When these tactics didn't work, Ratty and his lover moved out to a luxury suite at the Empress Hotel. As a final lovely gesture, he had the utilities of the home disconnected, leaving his wife and children to shiver in the dark. Eventually, Flory gave in and the divorce happened. The poor woman died shortly after, and it seems that this was what brought Ratty's world tumbling down. You see, as terrible a person as he was, his former wife was the complete opposite. She was known for her kindness, everyone loved her, and the way he flaunted his mistress around was the end of him in polite society. Unable to lend any further contracts, ostracized by everyone, Ratty and the new missus moved to England. Now, let's take a moment to consider Alma. There she was, married to a man 30 years her senior, who, since losing everything and moving across the ocean, had taken up drinking heavily. It was obvious he wasn't going to be keeping her in the lifestyle she wished to become accustomed to. So, what was she going to do? Apparently, start a passionate affair with their 19-year-old chauffeur, George. Unfortunately for everyone involved, it turns out that George was the jealous type. He snuck up on Ratty one evening with the wooden carpenter's mallet, and, well, it took Ratty three days to die. You'd think that would be the end of the story, but if it were, well, I wouldn't be telling you about it now, would I? So what's an ignored, murdered narcissist to do? I mean, 
Those in life didn't even bother to put a headstone on his grave until 72 years after he died. So obviously hanging around England wasn't a solution. He headed back to the Empress for a little afterlife attention-seeking. Guests have seen him on the main stairway, mostly by his portrait, which, when you think about it, is probably as close to a selfie as a ghost can get. Hey, see the guy in the portrait? Look at me, look at me. Kind of makes me wonder if he does a little dance as well. Guests describe him as a tall, thin man, wearing an old-fashioned suit and carrying a walking cane. One guest was woken up by a man's voice, paying her a compliment. She thought it was her husband, but he was asleep beside her. Instead, there was Ratty standing over her bed. He faded away before she could scream. What a guy. Invades a woman's bedroom and doesn't let her husband, who sound asleep beside her in the bed, stop him from flirting. <laughs> yeah, that's our Ratty, all right. Interestingly, however... Ratty is not the first ghost to take up residence at the Empress. Enjoying the show? I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment below or visit us at crypticleors.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, become an official member of the Cryptic Crew, and receive a special invite to a live Halloween chat. If you have a suggestion for a future episode... Drop it in a comment either here or on our website. Who knows? Your idea could be our next creepy tale. Reviews would also be welcome on Podchaser, as well as your favorite podcast platform. The title for First Ghost at the Empress would go to one Lizzie McGrath, a chambermaid who immigrated from Ireland specifically to work at the Empress Hotel. She was described as a hard worker, cheerful, and well-liked by both guests and staff, as well as being a devout Catholic. Unfortunately, her faith would lead directly to her death. As was the norm at the time, Lizzie lived in the hotel with other staff on the sixth floor. She made it a habit to go outside onto the fire escape each evening before bed to say her rosary. When the hotel began renovations, the fire escape was removed. Something poor Lizzie didn't discover until she stepped foot outside her window one evening. Since then, her ghost has been spotted near the front entrance of the hotel where she landed, as well as up on the sixth floor, which has been changed from staff quarters to guest rooms. In fact, complaints have been made about the woman in an old-fashioned housekeeping uniform that's blatantly ignoring guests on the sixth floor. I'm trying to imagine how the poor front desk hotel clerk would handle that complaint. Oh, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, it definitely sounds like our Lizzie, but she hasn't worked for the hotel in over a century. If you give us just a few minutes, an employee with a pulse will be up with your extra towels. Not something generally covered in the employee handbook, that's for sure. But then again, 
Maybe at the Empress it is. There definitely seems to be something a little extra about the sixth floor, because not only does Lizzie like to hang out there, but so does another spirit by the name of Margaret. Margaret was an elderly woman who would travel from Calgary to spend the winter in the luxury of the Empress Hotel. As a fellow Canadian, I say, go Maggie! Alberta winters can be brutal, and escaping the cold and snow for the much milder temperatures of Victoria, British Columbia, and having housekeeping and room service? Brilliant freaking choice. Unfortunately, Margaret passed away during her stay. Unlike Ratty and Lizzie, it was completely of natural causes. But Margaret refused to check out, which has caused more than a few problems. It seems she wasn't a fan of strangers in her room. You see, people dying in hotel rooms isn't exactly an unusual occurrence, especially when you're talking about a hotel that's over 100 years old. And management isn't about to keep things a shrine to those who have passed, either. They clean it, even redecorate if need be, and then the room is made available again. Margaret, however, didn't get the memo. Guess who stayed in her room would complain about lights flickering, cold spots, and a woman appearing in the mirror who wasn't actually in the room? One couple tells the story of how, after they were both in bed at night, the lights went on in the bathroom. As they laid there, listening, no doubt frozen in fear, it became very obvious that someone, or something, was getting ready for bed. And then the water turned off, the lights went out, and the covers of their bed were pulled down as a very cold presence climbed into bed with them. Needless to say, they bolted and demanded another room. Which, I mean, <laughs> good for them. I suspect most people would have demanded another hotel, preferably in a different time zone. Eventually, even management had to give in. Too many complaints to deal with led to the room being sealed off and made permanently unavailable. Things were peaceful until yet another renovation. It seems that the powers that be decided that the upper floors of the hotel, which had been used for storage, could be redone into premier luxury suites, even beyond what the hotel already offered. Only one problem. There was no elevator service to the upper floors. And you couldn't very well have VIPs trudging up the stairs, so they needed to figure out an elevator fix. Now, maybe they could have added on to the existing elevator shaft, but I'm not an engineer, so I don't know if that's a plausible idea or not. But at any rate, that's not what they did. Instead, they installed a private elevator for exclusive VIP use. And where, you ask, did they put that new elevator? <laughs> yeah, Maggie's room. They probably thought it was solving two problems at once. 
easy access for the VIPs and get rid of the unused room at the same time. But what they didn't bargain for was Margaret. She wasn't that easy to get rid of. Over the years, many guests of the hotel have been woken up by someone knocking at their door in the wee hours of the morning. They find an elderly woman in her robe and slippers standing there. She can't find her room. Won't they please help? And of course, they do. Trekking down the hall, they peer closely at the room numbers. Well, it should be right about here. As they reach the elevator, the woman vanishes without a trace. Ratty, Lizzie, and Margaret aren't the only ghosts lurking around the Empress. In fact, it's been named one of the most haunted hotels in the world. Other ghosts include an indigenous construction worker who fell to his death during a renovation, another construction worker who died from suicide by hanging, and a young girl who runs through the halls. The question of why the hotel is so popular with spirits remains. It's highly unlikely that it's the accommodations, regardless of how luxurious they may be. Even the high tea service each afternoon isn't going to be much of a draw for the dead. Personally, I think the answer lies with Raddy, the architect. His unusual rise to fame, ability to escape serious speculation about criminal activity, and his own return to the Empress after his murder suggests to me that he may have made an even darker deal than people whispered about at the time. From what I've read about him, Ratty seems like exactly the kind of person to have sought out sinister forces to make a deal with as long as he received money, fame, power, and attention in return. Or maybe it is Bastian Square with his ley lines, hangings, murders, and unmarked graves. If he or someone you know plans to stay at the Empress Hotel in Victoria, British Columbia, perhaps you could ask Ratty yourself. He'll be the fellow with the cane posing by his portrait. I'm afraid that's all there is for this episode, Cryptic Crew. So, do you think tonight's creepy tale was fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? You can drop a comment below, head over to crypticallyyours.com, or hunt us down on your favorite social media platform. Return to the lair next week and discover what else we've dug up for you. This is Grace Stone, your host, reminding you to always keep it creepy, cryptids.